Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I'm your host, Ken Romeo, and with me, as always, is my co-coach, Mr. Andrew Turiago. Andrew, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. I'm feeling like I'm on another level, Ken. On today's show, we uh, we have a lot of good information for you. For those of you that are trying to improve, Mr. T did a survey with a lot of our players here at Middlesex and asked them specifically, what do you do to improve? What websites do you use? Which YouTubers do you watch? Mr. T is going to go through all of that in a little bit. So make sure you stick around just in case there are a couple of websites you haven't heard of or maybe have, but been a little hesitant to to try um mr t has some really good recommendations for you mr t there's been some i don't know january 20th was a was a busy weekend absolutely in it was the quiz bowl universe so why don't we highlight a couple of tournaments talk about them in this uh, this episode scoreboard sounds great it's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted. Okay, let's start in Texas. The TQBA Winter Roundup, which is an online tournament, took place on Saturday, January 20th. And they used MS-49, one of the first sets to use, or one of the first tournaments to use MS-49. TH Rogers, boy, did they come to play. They went 12-0. and they took first place. They defeated Redwood A from Saratoga, California, 360 to 290 in the finals. TH Rogers was dominant. They actually broke the 700 point mark in wow. round seven, answering 19 out of 20 toss ups. Uh, the tournament's top scorer was Karthika Jayakumar, who averaged an incredibly impressive 130.45 points per game. Uh, we also have the King Middle School Winter Invitational. This was on the same day, January 20th. Uh, this was held at Martin Luther King Middle School in Milton, Florida. And these questions were MS-47. Uh, Midtown Classical, one of the most successful homeschool co-ops in the country, is added again. They went 7-0 to win the King Winter Invitational. Uh, they defeated the host King Middle School in the final round, 265-180, to to secure the tournament win. Uh, and Midtown Classical was led in scoring by Andrew Cox, who averaged 86 points per game, which that might seem like nothing compared to Karathika's 130.45, but Andrew is only a fifth grader, so everyone has been formally warned at this point. Look out. Uh, the tournament's top scorer was eighth grader Colin Williams from King Middle School, who averaged 100.9 PPG. Breaking that 100-point mark is excellent. Nice job, Colin. January 20th was a great day for Quiz Bowl because we played the 8th annual Bergen Winter Classic in Teaneck, New Jersey, hosted by Mr. Keitel and Teaneck Community Charter School. They do such a great job over there. They used MS-48 in the finals. Mr. T featured a rematch of the finals from our Charter Oak back in November. It was Middlesex A versus Heritage A. Heritage is from Livingston, New Jersey. Now, the... The matchup in Connecticut back in November saw Middlesex go up 210 to neg five after five toss-ups. And as the coach, I was feeling pretty good. Uh, that, that game finished up. We uh, we didn't really break a sweat. We won. Um, this one, though, gee, this, this was a bit different. So after three toss-ups in this match, Heritage was up 120 to neg five. Mm. Uh, but we fought back. We were down by 100 at the half. And after toss-up 13, we were actually up by 20 points. Heritage retook the lead after toss-up 14. But then Middlesex A went on a run. They converted six out of the last seven toss-ups. And they win the match 435 to 305. Uh, and this was Middlesex's second tournament victory of the year. Heritage A did finish second, of course. Heritage B finished third. Heritage C finished seventh. They're building a nice program in Livingston, New Jersey. <clears throat> Sixth grader Jai Tripathi from Horace Mann in the Bronx was the tournament's leading scorer, 92.5 points per game. So, Mr. T, I was uh, at one of the IAC, the International Academic Competition uh, tournaments, on Martin Luther King Day. We were in New Jersey. And that's where you can do the geography B, the history B, the science B. And I shout met, out to a bunch of my sixth graders who were down there. 
Um, I met with the uh, with the tournament director there, Mr. Dave Madden, who started IAC, and he shared with me this this new website called the the Tri State Quiz Bowl Alliance, uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, that he and uh, Joe Feldman from Long Island started. And one of the things they have on this website, and that's the website is tsqba.com. Uh, .org, org, sorry, tsqba.org. Uh, they have a MS Quiz Bowl ranks. So they've, they've ranked the top uh, 50 Quiz Bowl teams in the country. And this is their ranking. They're, you know, they're, they're using the Groger ranks methodology. Um, but they shared everything. This, so they have this updated as of January 13th, which is two weeks prior to our recording this. And oh, I'm curious where do they where do they put us? So are you looking at the rankings? Yes. Okay. So I was going to ask right. where do you think they put us? Uh, but they mm-hmm. put us third, which is um, which is high praise, and um, that's that's a lot to live up to. But I, I got to say, having seen them play this this past weekend, uh, having scrimmaged against them a couple of weeks ago, they they beat me and one of my other coaches pretty badly. Um, they looked every every bit the. Uh, you know, top three team in the country. Uh, Burley Manor is who they have ranked first. Burley Manor, according to the NAQT, only has one tournament this year, but they were so unbelievable at that tournament, averaging over 600 points per game. River Trail from Georgia is second. Redwood from California, the team that finished second in the TQBA, was fourth. And so I imagine once they redo these rankings, TH Rogers is going to climb up. Right now they have TH Rogers down the list a little bit. I want to say, okay, let's see, a 31st. But after that performance this past weekend, TH Rogers, I'm sure, is going to climb up. Um, you know, once you get up this high, you're, you're any one of these teams, like any, any one of them, might be national champions. Heritage, the team that we beat, was sixth. And this ranking came out before we had played them on the 20th. I saw Heritage is sixth. I'm like, they're good. I don't know if if you put us third, if they're sixth after seeing them this weekend. I'm they're a lot closer to us than I gave them credit for before. So so keep up the good work uh, in Livingston, New Jersey, um, and. Uh, those we'll have some fun matches later on down the line this year for sure. I'm just looking at the spread of uh, where all these teams are. We've got Georgia, Connecticut, California, uh, Virginia, New Jersey, Illinois, California. It looks like a pretty good uh, coastal spread with a uh, some strong, strong you know uh, exceptions. So we'll see uh, uh, who takes it this year. I think, uh, like you said, it could be any of these teams. Uh, and you know, I'm always a uh, I'm always down for a. Uh, uh, a wild card to come out of one of these top 30 or 50 teams and and uh, really show everyone what they're made of. So so you might be looking at this top 50 list on uh, tsqba.org and asking yourself, how did these teams get here? Or how do you get here? Uh, and I'd really like to aim this episode specifically at one demographic, which is players who want to improve. Um, sometimes the gap between experienced players and new ones can feel impossible, uh, but I think visualizing that ladder that you're going to climb is going to be a really helpful thing. And knowing what it is that those top players did to get there uh, kind of demystifies the entire experience of uh, just seeing someone, for example, uh, win a packet by getting 19 out of the 20 questions. Because uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that they did to to get that good, I'm sure. I've had parents come up to me, parents in our own program, that have asked what can we do? And I'm glad we're doing this episode because now I, I can just say, well, if you listen to the suggestions that Mr. Turiago and I are laying out, this is how you start. Absolutely. Um, so one of the first things I want to touch on, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record because I've, I've touched on these things before, but Quizable is absolutely not uh, a sort of experience where you can you know, be passive all day and just be, you know, uh, like thinking about things and not taking care of yourself, right? Uh, Quiz Bowl is like any other sort of like uh, competition, uh, whether you're in a basketball tournament or a, uh, you know, uh, a football game, you are, are, you know, your brain is processing hard uh, all day. You are thinking, your stamina is decreasing, your mind is, is consuming glucose and burning it up. Uh, it is 
uh, the equivalent of like a long day spent, you know, taking midterms uh, or a day where you just, you know, are uh, really trying to focus on the task at hand. Uh, and I think a, a huge gap for a lot of new players is that they don't necessarily think about um, eating or drinking, how they're going to be uh, taking care of their their physical selves while they're spending that entire, you know, eight hours or 12 hours playing Quiz Bowl. Um, so think a lot about what snacks you're bringing. Think about, uh, you know, do you have a water bottle with you? Uh, are you taking a break between each round, going to the bathroom? Uh, are you sitting on something comfortable? Um, I have a, a, a gel pillow that I ordered off Amazon that I've probably bought like six or seven of. And uh, anytime a teacher in my building complains about their back pain or something like that, I just give them one of my extras and I have never received anything but rave reviews about it. Uh, but people just don't think about the things like the fact that they're sitting on a hard metal chair for seven hours. And uh, after the after those seven hours, if you've played really, really well, you get the reward of playing against another team that also might be exhausted from thinking and concentrating for another seven hours. So sometimes that is the difference between, uh, you know, having a Gatorade in round three and four and, you know, eating a couple granola bars versus someone who in round seven or eight, if they were fresh at the start of the day, they would have felt like, oh, we definitely could have taken down this team. But all of those like small mistakes kind of add up. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, you really want to be playing your best when you're up against a team, like uh, one of the, the best that you're going to play that day. So the physical health and wellness thing is something that I think just a lot of people don't even consider. Uh, I've seen, you know, students come to a quiz bowl tournament with no bagged lunch, uh, with no water bottle, with no snacks, with nothing to write with. Uh, and you know, those kinds of things, uh, I think you'll enjoy your first couple rounds and then the rest of the day is going to be tough. So uh, if you really are trying to win the tournament, then that's something you need to think about. Um, I've also had a lot of uh, parents and, and students ask me how they can get a little bit better about the rules of, of Quiz Bowl. Uh, I think these, some of these things just come from playing multiple tournaments, playing a few tournaments. Um, I find that uh, students pick up on these things kind of quickly, especially if they're playing against strong teams. Uh, the sixth graders were really excited to see uh, the strategy that some of the older kids were using to not vulch. Uh, vulching is when you answer a question, buzz in a question um, that the other team has already negged, the other team has already answered incorrectly, uh, and you don't wait to the end of the question. So uh, it said, for example, you know, um, uh, this pH, and it's talking, and the other team buzzes in and says acid, and then uh, instead of waiting for the question to go all the way through and hearing it completely out, you just immediately buzz in and say base, and it would it, the question maybe would have gone on to explain this is the neutral pH and it's the pH of water and it's the pH right in the middle and I think that's seven right so sometimes you're missing the opportunity for what essentially is a layup an easy question by not listening all the way through and one of the things our players do is they hold up their buzzers while they're listening just to indicate that they're they're ninety percent sure they have the answer uh, and to let their their teammates know that they're going to buzz so there's these small things that come from just playing in a lot of tournaments learning about tournament procedure and tournament dynamics you know calling for a timeout not getting shaken when you're down um, uh, all of the best teams are pretty unflappable. Uh, if they're down 120 points, they know that they can still win that that question set. They're not giving up uh, and just giving the other team a free win. Um, so uh, I gave our uh, players a little bit of a survey about how it is that they like to study, what kind of content that is they like to study. Um, and if you'd like to email us at our email address, Ken, would you uh, give our email address a little bit of a plug? Sure. It's 410points at gmail.com. That's for the number 10 points at gmail.com. Uh, if you email us there, I'd be happy to uh, share you a spreadsheet that has uh, shared links for all the things that we talk about today. Um, as it is, you might have to you know, quickly scribble some names down. Um, but if you email us, then I'm happy to share this, this list of links. Um, but in this survey that I gave to our players, uh, you know, one Anika Bansal uh, mentioned that her personal best tip for studying is to study what you enjoy. Uh, the root of being a good quiz bowl player is a genuine love of knowledge. And by starting with learning topics you have an interest in, you're going to be able to remember things better and find even more things that interest you. Uh, I think if there is a, a core to what we do here, uh, it is that uh, you should be enjoying what you're doing. Like you should be enjoying what you're studying and, and enjoying playing quiz bowl. Uh, and quiz bowl is fun. Uh, but I wouldn't advise anyone who, you know, loves art and science to suddenly start, you know, making a thousand flashcards of, of, you know, obscure literary characters. I just don't think that that has the return that studying what you enjoy does. It's, it's funny, Andrew, because 
after this weekend, once the tournament was over, I was driving home with one of our other coaches, and she actually asked, boy, I would love to know what Anika does to get better. Because she's she was the in the preliminary she was the top scorer she was a you know she's our top scorer this year, and lo and behold you have this survey and mm-hmm. there it is she's laying out hey these are the things that I do, mm-hmm. so if you really want to improve find out what the best people do and do the same thing absolutely there's there's no reason to you know have to take a machete and chop your own path into the forest when. You know, if you do a little bit of digging and asking around, someone else might have done all the hard work for you, right? Um, so uh, I have a few websites and a few things that Anika and a few other uh, of our, our more experienced players specifically cited as being helpful to them. Um, the first that we've mentioned before, but I, I really think is, a, is just a starting point, right, um, is QB Reader. Uh, this is a, a website that automatically reads you questions. Uh, it was mentioned in our Nationals uh, interview last year. Uh, and I distinctly remember going, wait, there's basically like a, uh, a Proto Bowl, but better, right? Uh, one of the common complaints with Proto Bowl is uh, players will reach the bottom of the barrel very quickly. They'll listen to all 1,500 Proto Bowl questions that exist or however many there are. Uh, and then after that, they're done. Um, and sometimes when people power on the second or third word, they'll just go, oh, yeah, that was just a Proto Bowl question. Uh, QB Reader is much deeper than that. It pulls from many, many thousands of packets. I genuinely don't even know where some of these packets come from, um, but it's a fantastic range of content. And I, I genuinely feel that there is a level up moment for most players uh, that is a before and after where it is. Uh, this player has seen QB Reader and spent time with QB Reader, and this player has not yet encountered QB Reader. Uh, and I feel like after working with a, a student for 10 or 15 minutes, I'd be able to make that identification because uh, it's such a, a fantastic level up. Uh, and it, uh, it really is the kind of thing that if you have a, a free 10 minutes in the study hall or if you have some time on your commute, then spending time with QB Reader will absolutely make you better. So shout out to Jeffrey Wu from Columbia University who founded and maintains QBReader.org. Yes, we're very grateful. Uh, the next one, is NAQT you gotta know? Uh, I do feel like sometimes I'm, uh, you know, uh, like reiterating points that people already know, uh, but it feels like the you gotta know is like hitting it over the head. Like you have to know this. These are hints made by the people who write the tournament packets. And if at some point you have heard of the you gotta know, and then you decide that that's something you don't have to know, I I can't help you. It's, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing where, uh, if your you know, if your social studies teacher told you there was going to be a test on Friday and then she told you, okay, this is the study guide. And you said, ah, you know, I don't need the study guide. I've been paying attention in class. And then all I'll of just your watch some Wikipedia. I'll yeah. just read Wikipedia. I'll just I'll read watch Wikipedia some, and watch some, I'll YouTube, just watch videos. some YouTube videos. And yeah. then all of your classmates get better scores than you. And you're like, man, I just don't know what other people are doing. It's maybe the study guide. It's maybe the you got to know made by the actual people who write our tournament packets. Uh, I can't say enough about the NAQT you got to know, especially the more obscure ones. Um, and uh, it is it is just a fantastic resource that is right there. And again, I think there's a strong difference between the players who know about the NAQT you got to know and spend time looking at it and the players who don't. Uh, it is It is as close to um, like... Uh, the actual tournament experiences you will get as opposed to just looking at old packets. The NAQT you got to know is information that they have deemed to be valuable. So it is, it is what it is. NAQT you got to know. Uh, the next one I think is a, a pretty fun resource. It's called Cetera, S-E-T-E-R-R-A. Uh, it's a map quiz game that's going to level up your geography skills. Uh, I find a lot of students have a difficulty, difficult time creating the web of uh, geography. If they, for example, uh, learn a few states and capitals, they then aren't able to put that together into cohesive mental image of the United States. So if, for example, uh, you know, a question mentions something about the Midwest, there's plenty of students who will still say, I don't know, Illinois, Montana, which, you know, are approaching the Midwest, maybe, but like, uh, I think having a visual knowledge of, or a visual, um, like, uh, 
practice with how the United States is laid out, how other countries are laid out, what are their borders like, which countries are next to them, uh, and having that in a game format. I've had a lot of students who are maybe a little bit um, overconfident in their geography skills, and it's a little humbling to have a little you know, uh, cartoon cat pop up and go, okay, here's the United States. Uh, label them all. You, know, you can do that, right? And you're 17 in, and you go, oh... I actually don't know a lot of these, uh, and I so I think that that is a excellent check on um, you know identifying countries. It's definitely an excellent check on capitals and things like that. Uh, so Satera is a, definitely something that I recommend. Uh, but because it is a game, you know, if you're playing in school and you have to explain uh, to your study hall teacher, uh, make sure you mention that it's for Quiz Bowl. Uh, the next. A uh, resource that I really recommend is hsquizbowl.org. It's just a, a giant database of questions. Uh, this is specifically for the um, the parent who asked me at a tournament uh, two tournaments or so ago. Uh, how do your kids get so good? How do they know so many things? Have they read all of those books? And uh, I feel like knowing the Quizbowl canon is really important. When we talk about the Quizbowl canon, Ken, maybe you want to speak a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, so in middle school, the canon is relatively small. These are all of the things that we anticipate being answer lines to questions, whether toss-ups or bonuses. So something like the Civil War is in the Quizbowl canon, and things in the Civil War, like... They're fair game. Yeah, right, Appomattox, Lee... um, you know, William Tecumseh Sherman, that's that's in the canon. When you get to high school, things start to branch out a little bit. So you might talk about Spotsylvania. That's something that's not necessarily in the middle school canon, but might be in the high school canon. And it, it grows uh, as, as you go on. So the canon is just the, the set of information that is usually found in quiz bowl questions. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best ways to get a sense of what the canon is, is reading a lot of middle school questions. And so something like um, hsquizbowl.org, which has a big database of questions, you can basically every day sit down with a new packet and just go, do I know these things yet? Uh, is a really uh, helpful way to start to expand your knowledge of what that canon is. And you'd be surprised at what just comes up in most packets, like uh, you know Blake's The Tiger is just something that a lot of quiz bowl players know. And, you know, when you see the parents in the room really surprised, like, oh, wow, how do they know that? It's because it just comes up a lot, comes up a lot. So if you Google quiz bowl question packets, mm-hmm. you know, it can take you to take you to this website and you can say, all right, I want middle school, I want high school, I want college or something like that. So, so there are different levels of questions for you out there. Absolutely. Uh, another really powerful tool is called Quizalytics. Uh, this is a pretty small website. I'm not sure exactly who it is that uh, is running it right now. Um, but uh, let me um, let me put in a pitch for a website that I feel like is going to definitely make you better uh, and you know might end up getting crushed by this uh, traffic we're going to throw their way. But it's spelled Q-U-I-Z-O-L-Y-T-I-C-S, Quizalytics. Um, and what it does is it uh, helps you to identify buzz phrases and power clues for certain topics. So when you're on the website, uh, I believe it's pulling from, um, uh, I believe it's quizdb.org is where it pulls from. Uh, and what it lets you do is uh, if you put in something like, you know, Ethan Frome, uh, which is a pretty obscure uh, literature uh, answer key, answer line sometimes, uh, it will tell you, hey, when the answer is Ethan Frome, here are some of the things that just are very strongly correlated with that. It's just looking at like statistical correlation. There's probably some sort of AI stuff happening where it, it spits out, hey, if you see the phrase Cousin Maddie Silver, if you hear about the character named Xena, if there's a red scarf mentioned, if there's a favorite pickle dish, then you're, you're in the, the realm of Ethan Frome and you should buzz in and answer Ethan Frome. Uh, it's the equivalent of someone just going through a couple thousand questions uh, and pulling out some uh, answer lines. So I strongly, strongly recommend using this for uh, quickly identifying some of the, um, the the best buzz phrases for things like a country, you know, the geography of a country, or um, you know, uh, it is a it is a, a powerful resource for someone who. Um, you know, if you feel like you know a lot about a, a category as well, like let's say I was to search something like, um, uh, let's see, let's do the Civil War example, right? Um, uh, 
if I search that and then I'm feeling extremely confident and it pulls up a few clues that I've actually never heard of, right? Then I should spend a little bit of time reviewing those because those clues are going to be the ones that uh, are strongly correlated with the answer line being the Civil War. Um, I was able to do it earlier with uh, Italy, and I was able to do it earlier with a few countries, and and I was really uh, interested to see that. I was able to do it with, like, Impressionism, and it immediately spit out a bunch of names like Georges Seurat and, you know, Lilies and things like that, that I I just could feel in my bones as someone who has seen a lot of quiz bowl questions uh, that what it was spitting out was correct. It was just finding a statistical correlation between, hey, when this is the answer line, these are things that come up a lot. It's not saying that this is going to be a guarantee, but it's saying you should probably, it's, it's basically doing the heavy lifting of making a mental web for you of things that can be associated. So you can have a web that's like Ethan Frome, Pickle Dish, Cousin Maddie Silver, Xena, Red Scarf, and uh, you start to develop that on your own. So, um, Ken, I'm wondering if you're able to pull up something on there right now sure, without no, it crashing because uh, <laughs> it is as i said a very small website i think it's you know uh it, it can handle some amount of traffic not a ton right so i clicked i i wanted lincoln in the answer line mm-hmm. and uh then I, I click on history yes i think so okay it does have it all a little user guide i'm not uh claiming to be a expert by any means okay so i wonder if i like if i click on history does that mean i want history questions or i don't want history questions so i was able to type in abraham lincoln and a few things that came up um because these don't look like history questions (laughs) were uh six semper tyrannus which is what john wilkes booth shouted shouted out before he assassinated um uh you know abraham lincoln uh walt whitman came up dooryard bloom Emancipation Proclamation, Freeport Doctrine, Gettysburg Address, House Divided, Lilacs okay. Last. Yes. All right. So, so if you click on history, you're actually like deselecting them. So, mm-hmm. so you want, like, if you click on history, then that means I don't want history questions where Lincoln mm-hmm. is the answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it gives you unigram, bigram, trigram, mm-hmm. quad, quadgram. You, you have to read the usage guide to see what each of those means. Well, no, it, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Unigram clues just mean one word things where mm-hmm. this has come up. So captain, if you're thinking of like, oh, captain, captain my captain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and bigram clues, emancipation, proclamation, Stephen Douglas, lilacs, last, 16th mm-hmm. president, trigram. So these are three things, six, semper, tyrannus. Da- uh, Daniel Chester French, I think he designed the Lincoln Memorial, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check you. <clears throat> sure, and I'm, we're going to go and he edit an this. American sculptor, and uh, let's see. It's best known for the 1920 monumental statue of Abraham Lincoln. Okay, there the we Lincoln go. Memorial, very nice. Right, 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 right. And then uh, the quadgram, so forward things that... Uh, um, like promised malice towards none, mm-hmm. right? In his um, Emancipation Proclamation. Powerful Western fallen star. Sounds like yeah. a poem uh, about him. So I think that this is a really useful resource. I think that this can save you a ton of time. Um, I can imagine this especially being useful in geography if there's a country that you've never heard of and you do a little bit of digging through Quizalytics and you're writing down all of these major, you know, um, like geographical land points or uh, landmarks or, or um, like important rivers and things that come up, that is a huge jumping off point for you to then search those things up and figure out what they are. So right. Mr. T, I'm going to say this is the first time I'm seeing this website and um, I'm just, I'm just letting you know, like my, my, my wheels are spinning right here. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at these quadgram clues for Abraham Lincoln and uh, promise malice towards none. I think I said, <coughs> but that's the, I believe that's a Gettysburg address. Um, I can see why that's a clue. John Wilkes Booth shots. Okay, like that's clearly we're talking about Abraham Lincoln. But when I see great star early droop, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the connection is to Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine running a practice where we do this. Where we say, okay, guys, here's the deal. Type in answer line Lincoln. Go to these quad clues. I want you to research and tell me explain explain is, yeah. great start early droop what is what does that mean mm-hmm. uh, and who knows maybe we have a bunch it's of listeners a, like what do you mean yeah. you don't know the great start early uh, droop it's That's... from when lilacs last in the dooryard bloom okay so th- yeah. th- but there we go like mm-hmm. so we looked that up and and now we have a connection to it we yeah. we talk all the time about connecting dots mm-hmm. so just knowing lincoln 
Great start, early droop. Those are two dots in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you said, oh, that's from Lilac's Last in the Dooryard Bloom, ah, I've now connected the dots. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I can see the line in the poem. And now I, when I hear the great star early droop, now I can say, yeah, they're talking about Lincoln or maybe it's Walt Whitman who wrote the poem. Mm -hmm. And, and I, so I, I, I can make that connection. <clears throat> so, so I am thinking this might be one of our, like part of our practice one week. So, yeah. hey, you guys are getting a little exclusive right here. This is what mm -hmm. we're going to be doing. Uh, in in one of our practices, so the middle sex I'm students that, that are it, listening, it, it passes the Romeo standard because uh, this was. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly who shared it, but I know that uh, Nika was one of the people who shared it, and I think it's really powerful and useful. If it's good enough for Nika, it's good enough for me. Uh, so after that, uh, the next one, uh, I have. I also asked a few of our uh, uh, students, what are some YouTubers that they think will genuinely make someone better at Quizbowl, uh, and I received a lot of responses. Not all of which I felt like were necessarily uh, the most productive, but I was able to narrow it down. I found that there were a few names that came up over and over and over again. Um, you know, a few people just threw in a, a Mark Rober, which has he has these entertaining engineering videos and things like that. Uh, but I felt like these were these came up so much and so many times that uh, it, it was pretty undeniable. Uh, the first was Crash Course, uh, which uh, I think the Green Brothers still run that. Um, and uh, the, they're a really fantastic world history uh, resource. They have great animations. They're easy to follow. Um, they're one of the things that I used, Ken, when I was taking a, um, uh, uh, a basically had to take an exam to replace three points of college credit for world history. And it was uh, pre-Civil War uh, history. So I watched every pre-Civil War crash course uh, video, and I listened to a bunch of podcasts about that time. And then I took the exam and I got a 98 out of 100. Um, so I feel like the the animations that they have, the fact that these videos are easy to follow. I, the I'm fact sorry, that, I, I, got, I got to stop you. This was yeah. college credit. Yes. That I was and you able took to, a final I was able exam. To take a test. You got a 98 out of 100 on yeah. a final exam yes. for a college course, yeah. and all you did was. Do listen, things that I were listen to a bunch of podcasts. Did it cost anything to I listen watched to those a podcasts? Bunch of crash course. No, they were all did free. It, did it cost anything to watch the YouTube stuff? No, not at all. And yet, I, I can imagine you had to pay money to get the credits. For yes. The, okay. Was, okay. Uh, okay. Was, I'm just saying. So here's the deal: it would have taken me, uh, you know, several thousand dollars to get the three or six credits that it would have cost me if I was if I were to take a class. I could take the equivalency test for about two hundred dollars, and receive the credits all the same. So uh, shout out to Crash Course History for saving me several thousand dollars. Uh, and I think that uh, for you, it, uh, if you're uh, an avid Quizville player and you want to learn more about world history, uh, it really is a fantastic resource. It, you know, Do you um, know what the price of tuition is nowadays? Mr. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's there's, crazy. There's and only so many questions they can ask. So shame on you raising the price of tuition when yeah. what you're doing we can get just from... John Green and uh, and some podcasts. Yeah. So the uh, the next uh, YouTube video that or YouTube YouTuber that I recommend is called Geography Now. Um, it has a uh, uh, descriptions of every country in the world. The uh, the the person who makes the videos is uh, going alphabetically uh, through every single uh, country on the planet. Um, and uh, I believe that he's at around like V right now. Let's see. He just did um, uh, Vanuatu and uh, Uzbekistan. Uh, so if you're trying to find some resources on Yemen, you're out of luck. Or Zimbabwe, you're out of luck. Uh, but alphabetically, if you are looking for something like Tunisia or uh, Ukraine or uh, Great Britain, then he's already gone through all of those countries. And he probably has a ten or fifteen long, ten or fifteen minute long video where he talks about the capital, the rivers, uh, important ge geological landmarks, and uh, geographical landmarks. Um, I genuinely feel that you could probably binge all of these videos, and this is the kind of thing that, like, if you just let it cook overnight in your brain, like if you were to watch one of these videos every night before you go to sleep. Uh, you would find yourself as a better Quizbowl player um, because it's it's just a really entertaining and, and quick presentation of a lot of information. I'm going to make the suggestion that if you do that, you don't go alphabetically. Mm -hmm. You start 
in one part of the world and you you click and get videos or you get you know countries that are next to each other because again you don't want to learn things in a vacuum mm -hmm. so <clears throat> if you click on brazil then after brazil you should do venezuela or colombia you should you or know chile just so hey okay well that's just like what, what was going on in brazil so i can i can now make the connection these you know all right, because it's all about connecting dots. Absolutely. Um, so I thought that that was a really fantastic resource. And I feel like geography can be difficult to access sometimes. Uh, it, is an, it is just a shame that a lot of students in the United States don't learn geography currently. And uh, if you are looking for a way in, if you're interested in, in geography, just around the world and learning about the world, I think this is a, a, a really useful way to spend your time. Um, after that is the Amoeba Sisters. Uh, these are really high-quality videos about uh, anatomy and about biology. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I have uh, had uh, a student look at each look at uh, their teammates when a question comes up about the endocrine system or a question comes up about the pancreas, and they just look at their, their teammates and kind of have a blank look on their face, and they're like, well, I know that's an organ. I know that's in the body. I know they're asking about something in the human body, but I really have no clue. Uh, it just is a mystery to me. Uh, and I think that these videos do a great job at, uh, you know, making these things interesting and, and breaking these down into things that are easy for uh, students to understand. So I really strongly recommend these two. Uh, if, uh, if, for example, someone asks about the Islet of Langerhans, unless that is the name of your band or you've seen the video, you're not going to get it. So it's a good thing I'm the former. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the final YouTube video that I wanted to uh, bring, or final YouTube uh, content creator, uh, I'm going to spell this wrong. Uh, Veritasium is the name of that uh, that person. Um, he makes a lot of videos about science and education, um, and there's a ton about physics and math. Uh, there are you know a bunch of philosophy th things like that too, and like oh why do scorpions glow in the dark. Uh, things like that. But I, I just genuinely think that if you take a look at some of his most popular videos or uh, some of his videos that stand out to you, uh, you'll just start to see like the same physics concepts come up, the same chemistry concepts come up, um, the same sorts of uh, like science concepts come up that like you'll start to have an, an overall education that kind of connects things like, oh, I didn't really realize what radioactivity was until I watched this video about microwaves and how they work um and then i watched this video about the most radioactive places on earth and then i connected that to something like chernobyl and maybe i can connect that back to my geography uh, i think that uh, these kinds of things just make science and physics more accessible and uh, i think if uh if i can throw you uh, throw it over to ken for a second i think that teaching science and and learning science in a vacuum is is very difficult it's oh i i agree uh, on wednesdays we break up by subject. Mr. T takes a literature group. Mr. Uh, Mrs. Ivy takes geography and, and history, and I'm left with science. And I'm a math teacher. I can, I can lecture on math, and I and I've done that. I can ask. I can if I have a group that wants to do science. I mean, I can certainly ask science questions, but then they'll come back and ask me, "Well, why is this true? How did where did they get that from?" And I, I'm not too sure myself. So, I've been um, <laughs> I've been asking Claude. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Okay. I've been using I've been using AI, and I do want to give a shout out to that too. I, I think, you know, you can use ChatGPT, and you can use these um, these AIs. Um, you can ask them uh, what are what are quarks, and it'll tell you what it is. And then if you say, "Wait a second, I, this I get. Can you explain this some more?" and um, and you can kind of build a working knowledge of scientific uh concepts through interacting with ai but mm -hmm. trust but verify yeah but it if it isn't easy if you're not well schooled in in physics or chemistry or, or biology and so there are a lot of times andrew where the kids in my room and you know they're they're good quiz ball players they're smart kids they'll ask well how about this like What's going on here? And I'm just going to say, sorry, guys, you got to Google it. I, I, I don't know. Because, mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's very difficult to learn science in a, in a vacuum for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like the dots are even more spread out than in other, uh, other like, disciplines because, you know, just because you know how a chemical reaction works doesn't necessarily know you're going to be able to explain what explosives do. 
right? Um, there's all of these things that are kind of very specialized and very deep topics. Uh, and unless you've done a significant amount of time reading or listening to these kinds of videos, then they're, they're tough to, tough to connect. So, um, uh, I do feel like there's a, a, a big chance for a, a great return when, uh, sometimes I'll listen to on a, even when players are playing at a high level, a science question where it is just more likely for a science question to get all the way to the four ten points part. Right. Um, so, uh, I also had two other things that I feel like will make you better with high returns for little investment. I'm always a big fan of high returns for little to no investment. Um, the first, I think, is carding. Uh, many of our strongest players mention carding as something that helps for them. And the two websites that they specifically mentioned for carding, making flashcards, uh, whether they're digital or whether they're in person, are uh, Anki, A-N-K-I, and StudyStack. Um, Anki and Space Repetition, what it does is it uh, you create your stack of cards and it will... Uh, rotate through them in a way that will keep you from forgetting the oldest ones. Uh, I've uh, heard about Anki specifically as something that like medical students will use to remember terminology. Like it is absolutely just like the software that is connected with how the human brain memorizes a lot of information, right? Uh, and StudyStack is a website that already has a QB reader database of cards. So you don't necessarily have to do all of that work if you're intimidated by you know making a thousand of your own cards. Uh, you could start just by using the QB Reader database of cards that already exist, uh, and that's a huge level up. Uh, the the number of players I talk to at the very very highest level of Quizball who card is almost all of them. Um, so I think that it is it is something that if you want to take yourself to the next level, it's just going to be very very helpful. Uh, so our final thing that I think is going to be very helpful on top of carding. Uh, is just listening to podcasts on subjects that you're interested in. Uh, if you are someone who loves bird watching, if you're someone who loves uh, like astronomy, or you love uh, you know history and you want to listen to something about the Mongols, there is probably some noted world scholar, world expert who has a nine-hour podcast about that where they talk about it in depth and they're incredibly excited and incredibly enthusiastic to talk about it. And they might have a thousand or two thousand people that listen to that podcast, uh, but you have access to people who are incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly, uh, you know, excited to talk about these topics. Um, I can't tell you how much it has helped me to listen to podcasts on things that I want to improve at or podcasts on subjects that I'm interested in. Uh, I'm recommended podcasts uh, by other teachers all the time, people who are really in, in touch with like uh, updates in teaching and you know tools that teachers can use. Uh, and the, the amount of return that they get from that is, is uh, you know, theoretically infinite because these podcasts are free. Um, and so if you find yourself you know, at the gym, if you find yourself just in a car and you would just be, you know, looking out the window, uh, I can't tell you how valuable it is to try to find a few podcasts on a couple subjects that you are genuinely passionate about, the kind of things that you wouldn't mind listening to a three-hour deep dive into how the Titanic sank, right? Um, and I guarantee you there is a podcast for that, right? We live in a golden age of podcasting where uh, any jerk with a microphone can make a podcast but if you search Titanic podcast, there probably is going to be some some sort of an expert, some sort of a historian who has a three or four hour podcast on that exact topic. You'll just search around and see until it comes up, right? Uh, is there is it possible that it's uh, you know there's some lower quality ones in there? Yeah, but you'll probably be able to tell uh, which ones you know the cream kind of rises to the top as soon as you see their presentation. You know the the depths that they go to. Um, I I can't say enough how much there is a tremendous return on investment to just, you know, spending less time on, um, you know, Apple Music or Spotify and just listening to podcasts instead. So I got to say, though, Mr. T, a poor quality podcast turns me off. I can't I can't do it. I was yes, you should be extremely, extremely, uh, you know, careful of how you're spending your time. Right. You should make sure that you're listening to a podcast that is made by someone who cares about what they're doing, made by someone who maybe is the best in their field at what they're doing. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking about like audio yeah, quality. Audio I, quality is another thing. I was walking the dog this morning and I listened to podcasts about my two favorite sports teams, the Mets and the Jets. And 
someone was there was a podcast and someone was talking and it sounded like they were on a phone mm-hmm. and someone else's mic was like very crackly. I'm like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't listen to it. Doesn't matter what they were saying, doesn't matter what they were talking about, doesn't matter how interesting, I, I can't mm-hmm. do it. And that's it's actually one of the reasons why we're using you know, expensive microphones and a yeah. mixer and everything like mm-hmm. that because I, I can't. We I care can't about stand. the audio quality. We yes. want it yes. To, yes. to be easy for you to listen. Yeah. Um, I can say the same thing. I've I've listened to some like online lectures from you know places like Harvard or Yale, uh, and I remember that there was one teacher who just had a voice that was so grating. I listened to one lecture and was like, I think I'm going to do uh, game theory instead of psychology because I just can't. This guy's voice is just like you know nails on a chalkboard. Uh, and the game theory lectures were really interesting. Uh, so uh, I strongly, strongly recommend if you've never used the podcast apps on your phone, if you weren't even aware that there was a podcast app that you could use, uh, definitely check it out. And we appreciate that you're already listening to this one. We know you want to improve. We say that every time we open the show. And I, I'm sure listening to this, you, you knew a lot of the stuff. You were doing a lot of the stuff. Maybe you learned, you took away one or two things. Maybe you have heard of all of the things that we've been talking about here. But let me Hi, just, Anika. <laughs> but let me just remind you of something. And I, I say this to my kids a lot. When you aren't sitting down and trying to improve, just remember... There is somebody else somewhere else in the country that is trying to improve in order to beat you. And I, I hope that motivates you. I hope that motivates you to improve. And so we're, we're telling you, hey, this is what you should do. Have your notebook. Write things down. Card. Read. Write. Watch. And if you decide, ah, maybe I'll just play another game of Snake Maybe I'll just pay, play some more cookie clicker. Just remember, there's somebody who's who's sitting down and is training to, to beat you right now. And maybe they're all the way across the country and you'll meet them at a national tournament. Maybe they are a, a grade below you in your own program. And you're wondering why. How come I'm not on the A team? How come I'm not on the B team? Well, that's because there was while you were playing Snake, while you were paying, playing cookie clicker, while you were just listening to music on Spotify, somebody else was playing on QB Reader and watching Crash Course and playing Cetera. Sometimes that's the difference. So uh, that can make the difference, and so can powering questions. So if you want to power more questions, then... We'll take a look at this uh, month's buzz phrase. The guys at For 10 Points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2020 Scop A. In 1928, this man founded a namesake rubber plantation in the Amazon rainforest that was abandoned within six years. This man published anti-Semitic articles in the Dearborn Independent. Adolf Hitler kept a picture of this man who improved his public standing by offering a revolutionary $5 a day wage at his factories in Detroit. For 10 points, name this businessman whose assembly line churned out millions of Model T cards. Answer, Henry Ford. New players should know all about the Model T Ford car five dollar day wage and good players will recognize that the dearborn independent was a newspaper that was owned and published by henry ford ford was opposed to world war one and believed that the international jew was behind starting the war to profit from it so there's no surprise that he was the only american adolf hitler praised in his manifesto mein kampf so in order to power this question you need to know a little bit more about the opening clue the rubber plantation. In the 1920s, Ford was looking to secure a reliable source of rubber for Ford automobile production. In 1927, Ford sent a team of researchers to Brazil to find land suitable for starting a rubber plantation. 
they purchased a tract of land covering over 9,000 square miles in the Amazon rainforest. Ford invested a total of $3.6 million in the project. That's around $55 million in today's money. The plantation was named Fordlandia. It ultimately failed for several reasons, inexperience with rubber harvesting, local diseases, the humid climate, and resistance from native workers. The remote jungle location made delivering supplies and infrastructure extremely challenging. By 1945, synthetic rubber had been developed, reducing the need for natural rubber. Ford sold the failed plantation back to the Brazilian government for only $250,000. So the next time you hear a question about a rubber plantation in Brazil, you'll have the edge if you focus, buzz in, and say Ford. Nicely done, Ken. Since you've stolen my pun this week, uh, I wanted to share on Quizalytics, I was looking at Henry Ford while you were speaking. Uh, it mentioned $5 per day, mentioned namesake car company, mentioned the anti-Semitic articles, uh, the River Rouge plant, the Dearborn Independent, the newspaper, uh, the assembly line, uh, the Amazon rainforest, and it mentioned Walter Ruther. Uh, one of the things that w- did not come up necessarily was that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ford was pretty fiercely anti-union, and one of the things that made him unpopular was that uh, Walter Ruther, who was the head of um, the uh, United Automobile Workers, uh, was pretty publicly beaten up by Ford's goons, and after that, Ford suddenly became a much less popular person. So, um, you know, it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised by his beliefs that he was not a popular person, even while he was still alive, even though he was paying the $5 per day, which was pretty good for the time. Um, but I think that uh, Quizalytics, even with our, our for, for, uh, for power for 15 points, uh, reading there at the end, there was even more to add, right? There's always going to be a little bit more, a little bit further that you can push and find a, a few more clues. So uh, thank you very much for listening. That has been for 10 points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Uh, whether you're a player or coach or just trying to prove, hopefully we have helped you get better. Uh, my name is Andrew Toriago signing off for my co-host Ken Romeo. We'll see you guys all next time. <laughs>